Thanks for joining us at Faith Bible Chapel. We hope the message you're about to hear encourages your day and brings you closer to Jesus. If you'd like to join us for service, find a small group, or simply find out more about the church, stop by our website at www.faith.church. So guys, listen, this is the day that we celebrate the resurrection of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And I'm so grateful for that. And so always, you know, as you come to Easter and you start thinking and praying, Lord, listen, I want to share something that really impacts all of us and we can leave stronger, we can leave closer to you. And and God, you know, on my heart is to serve you the best that I can, but ultimately it's God's heart to serve you the best that he can. And what Easter says is he demonstrated how he served you the best that he possibly could. And so I don't know where you are today. I don't know where you are in your journey with God. But what I know is this, is that as we lift his son, Jesus, high, the Bible says, as we lift him up, he will draw men unto himself. And that means all of us, whether you've walked with God for 40 years or you have not walked with God and you're here searching today, the reality is this, is we're going to lift up the Savior today. And in in all of our hearts, he's going to draw us close to him because there's always more of God to know. There's always more of God to experience. Listen, if you ever come to a place, you're like, you know what, God, I'm good. I, I, I got you. Listen, you're in trouble. I promise you. Here's the deal. If you can wrap your, if you can fully understand God with your own mind, the reality is this, he's not God. He is, he is far beyond anything we could ever imagine. And so we're going to celebrate his goodness today. And, and I'm going to be talking about the journey of Jesus to the cross and ultimately to his resurrection. And over the last several days, we've, we've had a play here at Faith. And, and I, I had the great privilege of talking through that and experiencing that and seeing that. And I want to share with you some things the Lord revealed to me out of the last three days of Jesus Christ and how that pertains to us. So we have Friday, we have Saturday, and we have Sunday. Friday was the day of incredible agony, pain, physical, emotional, we'll talk about that. Saturday was the day of confusion. Jesus was in a tomb. The disciples were freaked out. They didn't know what in the world was going on. Sunday was the day of victory. And the reality is is this, that of those three days, Friday's a day of pain, Friday's a day of, of, of all kinds of the most horrific things that could ever happen to Jesus. Here's the reality. All of us are gonna have a Friday in our life. All of us are gonna have days that we go, where did this come from? I wasn't expecting this. I never expected I would go through so much pain. I never, I never felt that I'd feel so rejected or so hurt or so whatever. And you can fill in the blank there. All of us have a Friday. All of us have a Saturday where, where everything seems totally, we're freaked out, we're confused. We, this wasn't supposed to happen. As Jesus was in the grave, the disciples, this wasn't supposed to happen. And my friend, All of us would be stuck in Fridays and Saturdays if it wasn't for our Savior who took care of things on Sunday. It's when he rose from the dead. But all of us can have a a day of victory because of Jesus Christ. And the reality is all of us are going to repeat those three days in our lives over and over and over again until we get to heaven. 
So what can we learn from these three days? What did Jesus speak to us? How, what example did he leave for us to follow? And this is what I know today is that we serve a God who is so in love with you. He's so in love with you. He's so passionate about you. And so this whole Easter season is, is from the, the very passage, the most well-known passage of all, all of the Bible is John 3.16. And we have it here today. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. And so this is what we want to know. In other words, God sent his son into the world just not to save us but to teach us, to lead us, to guide us, to give us comfort and to meet us here today on this Easter morning. So here's the idea. What did, what did Jesus teach us? What did he show us? And I want to look at first his first day, which is Friday, which is the day of excruciating pain. This is the day of excruciating pain. Friday was the day that Jesus experienced the ultimate level of pain on his journey to the cross. He experienced physical pain. He was whipped. He was wounded, as the Bible says, for our transgressions. He was spit upon. He was beaten. He was humiliated. And we know the story, but it's important you understand. It was the day of excruciating pain. What are you going to do when you face the day of excruciating pain? Because all of us will. I wish I could tell you, my friends, that, listen, you, you know how you live a pain-free life? You know how you live a, a life where there's never any drama, there's never any sickness, there's never anything bad happening? Just serve Jesus. And then, from then on out, it's like the, it's like the scene from The Sound of Music for the rest of your life. You just run through singing. <laughs> I apologize. You just have to see that. But anyway. <laughs> That's not what life is like. Matter of fact... Jesus never promises us, promises us a life free of pain. He never does. He never promises you that you're going to be wealthy and rich. He never promises you that you're never going to face sickness. He never promises you're never going to be hurt. You're never going to be rejected. But what he does promise that is that in the middle of your pain, in the middle of rejection, in the middle of, of questions, in the middle of all of that, he will come and meet you and he will be with you as a friend that sticks closer than a brother. That's what he promises us. And that's the hope of today. And so we know that Jesus experiences excruciating pain. He was whipped with a cat of nine tails. And as we know, this cat of nine tails, it had glass and bone and pottery weaved into, into the, the cat of nine, or the whip of nine different strands. And he was beaten and he was whipped. And we know that he was whipped 40 times. And you do the math. Do the math. And then imagine in your mind what his back looked like as he began to, to, to totally take upon himself the penalty for our sin and our mistakes. And then they took him from there without sleep, without water, without food. He's been all up all night, all into the night. He's been beaten and whipped. And the next day they nail him to a cross, which is one of the worst forms of torture. And just so you're aware, most of the time, the people on the cross die of suffocation. 
And they died of suffocation because how, how, how you were hung on the cross, you had to press up in order to breathe. And so as you breathe, you would then come back down. But then your body was so weakened from the torture, from the whipping, from the pain. Your quivering flesh could no longer press up to breathe and you would suffocate. Or if you were strong enough to keep pressing up on the nail and breathing, many times they would break your legs so you would then suffocate to death. But this is the excruciating day of pain. For us, maybe it's the day that we think our life is not worth living anymore. Excruciating. Maybe for us it's the day we are betrayed. Jesus also went through betrayal. The day of his excruciating pain, there was ultimate emotional pain, psychological pain. Imagine what it did to him psychologically as he was stripped naked and nailed to a cross. And put as a spectacle for all to watch you gasp and suffer for your last breaths on this earth. It was a death of humiliation and Jesus walked it out. It was degrading. It was actually a death of shame. And he went through the pain. And many of you understand the pain of betrayal. Many of you understand the pain of humiliation. Someone you thought loved you, humiliated you. They betrayed you. They went out and ran around on you. They said they'd be faithful to you, and then you found out they were not faithful to you. They said that they would love you and protect you, and they ended up abusing you. This could be a child, and your parents abused you. It could be a spouse. Whatever it may be, whatever your day of excruciating pain is this. This is what I know. Our Savior and our King understands your pain. He understands what you've been through. He understands what you've walked through. And we know this, that as Jesus not only faced physical pain, emotional pain, he also faced incredible spiritual pain. Jesus died on the cross for the sins of all of mankind, which means he took the guilt of every evil crime, filthy sin throughout history. All were upon him at this one point. He who knew no sin, he actually became sin himself for you. Think about the time that you failed God. Think about the time that you sinned. And you had this deep guilt and shame. It was the stain of your sin on your life. The weight of it, the guilt of it. How, how you wish you could, you could run from it. As a youth pastor, I, I remember talking to a young lady who, who, who had a broken home. And, and she had engaged in, in, in some things that she knew was not what God had for her life. And I remember her weeping and telling me that she went home and tried to take a shower to wash off the filth she felt on the inside. And this is what Jesus felt. Every guilt of murder, every rape, every child molestation, the murder of millions of people, the Holocaust, the genocide, 
Every evil thing, every inhumane thing done to man, he took the guilt upon himself and he went through hell of separation from God. He felt the shame and for the first time he felt the distance and that's why he said, my God, why have you forsaken me? And one thing you can be certain about your Savior and what we celebrate today, he understands, again, every bit of your pain. He understands what you go through because he's walked it. And he can give you victory over it. We know this, that he was not only our high priest, he was the Lamb of God who was slain for the sins of God of the world. He understands you. He understands your weakness. That's why he died. You were not alone. Many times we think God can't understand. He absolutely can. Hebrews 4.15 says this, we, for we do not have a high priest who is unable to em emphasize with our weakness, but we have one who has been tempted in every way, every way just as we are. Whatever you're facing today, he understands. Whatever the emptiness is that you feel, he understands. Yet he did not sin. In other words, he walked it perfectly. One, to set an example. But here's the deal. We can't follow his example without his grace in our lives. And so I ask this question, what, what, what did Jesus do? What are the practical applications? Not, not just what he accomplished for us, but what did he do during the most excruciating day of his life, his Friday? Well, you know what he did? This, I, I want you to see this for a moment. This is the example he set on how to endure suffering. Number one, he surrounded himself with friends. You're going to face excruciating days and times. And Jesus set the example. Listen, you need people in your life. This is what it means to be a family of God. On the night when Jesus was going to be arrested, he gathered his friends. He called his disciples that he'd been with for three, three and a half years. And he said this, I've eagerly awaited my time with you. This was not about, hey, I've come here to tell you a message. No, I've, I need time with you. And the night he knew he was going to be tortured, he was going to be executed, the first thing he did was gather his close friends together. And he said, I need you to be with me. I need you. Listen, I don't need a sermon. I don't, I don't send me a YouTube video. I don't need to listen to a podcast. I need you. In our culture, that's what we do. When somebody needs help, we say, hey, listen, I listen to this podcast. Listen to this. But no, no, we are what's called the family of God, that I need you in my life. I need you when I'm hurting. You need each other. And somewhere along the way, church has become something, our family is the person, our church family is the person we sit next to in church, not the person we do life with. Listen, if God has called you to be a part of a family, if he's called you to be part of Faith Bible Chapel, this is our desire that you could have people around you to walk with you in life. This is why we believe in small groups. That's what Jesus did. He called his small group that night. And he said, I need you. 
And we know he went with the disciples to the Garden of Gethsemane, and he began to pray. He needed, I just, guys, I just need you to pray with me. I'm, 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 I'm in anguish. And he called out to the Lord. So he takes his 11 closest friends. Judas had betrayed him already, and he walks to the garden. And he says, in my day of deepest need, in my, in my hour of greatest pain, this is what he's telling his friends, I just need you with me. This is why I say all the time, you can't walk this journey alone. God didn't call you just to save you and for you to be on your own, you and your Bible and your prayer closet and, and, your, you know, and your DVDs. That's funny, actually. He called you to be a part of a family. He called you to have friends. Listen, we are not perfect. And what keeps us is that we think everyone else is. So we can't get close because they'll find out that I'm not perfect. We'll take a number because we all are imperfect. You need a small group in your life. You need people. But anyway, this is what Jesus did. He, uh, he, in Matthew 26, it says that Jesus went with his disciples to a place called Gethsemane, and he sat with them to sit he goes, sit while I go over and pray. And he took Peter and the two sons of Zebedee along with him a little closer. He had, there was a couple of them that were really close to him. And he began to be sorrowful and troubled. And then he said to them, my soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. Stay here and keep watch with me. Listen, listen, listen. yes, you need people around you. But here's the other thing that Jesus demonstrated. He demonstrated this, that as, as believers that he can actually be open and honest about what he's going through. He can be open and honest. He didn't say, listen, sit here as I, as I go and meet with my heavenly father and he and him and I converse to the, to the place of a high place where I must be and I pray all the time. And there's, No, no, he said, I'm hurting. I, I'm, that, this is the, oh, my, my soul is grieving. And so many times in our own lives, we, uh, when we go through deep pain, we pull back. We isolate. Jesus said as an example, actually, it's time to press in. Whether if it, maybe it's, if it's physical pain, we want to isolate. When it's chronic pain, emotional pain, mental pain, or we've had a failure, there's been a hurt in our life, we're embarrassed or we're ashamed, what do we do? We isolate. In the South, we call it you crawfish. In other words, you get, back, you get out of there backwards. You leave it all alone. And this is the worst thing that you could do. And Jesus demonstrated that, you, that, that this is, you can be real. You can be honest with people. You can share about what you're going through. And he said, my heart is overwhelmed. And so this is what I think Jesus, the example he was setting us is this. You should not stuff your pain. For some reason, we become Christians and we think this, well, I'm a Christian now, and that means everything has to be perfect all the time. And if it's not, that must mean that I'm not a good Christian, so therefore I gotta put on the mask that I'm perfect all the time. Listen, that is a terrible, terrible way to live. Jesus called you to be a part of a family, and he was open and he shared with him. God says, I don't want you to stuff your pain. This is what church family is really about, so that we 
those that, that call Faith Bible Chapel your home and maybe your, our guests today, we, we, want, we want to be here for each other because we're stepping into a time in our world when, when we're the minority. We're the minority as believers and followers of, of Jesus. We are. And we're going to continue to press forward, but this is what I do know, that as times get darker, the light of Jesus will get stronger, and then it will switch. And I believe there will be a great revival on the face of the planet, but God's going to use strong Christians to carry it out. But this is what we find in Galatians chapter 6, says this, carry each other's burdens, and in this way you will fulfill the law of God and the law of Christ Listen, we, this is what God has called us to do. So he called people around him. That's what we can learn from him. He's walked this journey, and he's, and he's carried our burdens on this agonizing day. But he also set an example for us to follow. The second thing that he did is he cried out to God. Now, this is in no particular order. I'm just chronologically walking through what Jesus did that night. He cried out to God. He was at the garden, and he fell on his face, and he called out to Abba, which means daddy, and he says, God, I need you. Not my will, but yours be done. And there was this act of submission, this act of calling out to an amazing, loving father. And so how do we come to God in our most difficult of circumstances on our Fridays when we get the worst news, when we are in excruciating pain? This is what we do. We run to God just like Jesus ran to God because Jesus paid the price. He paved the way. He cleared out all the brush of, of all the things in our lives and said, you run this pathway because I've made it. And that's why Scripture says because of what Jesus has done, we can come boldly into the throne room of God. That's what we do on our worst day. We cry out to God and he hears you and he accepts you and he meets you there no matter what we're going through the darkest night of your soul we can trust God no matter what it looks like and we can submit ourselves to him and he will meet you there the second day or the Saturday. What we can learn from this is for the disciples and those around Jesus, number two, it was a day of chaos and confusion. This is a day that you will walk through one day. You might be walking through it today. You might be here because you're in this day and you're thinking, I need something to change me, to meet me, to give me peace. And so what does this day represent? Well, again, it represents the Saturdays of your life. Fridays are the days of pain. Saturdays are the day of chaos, the day of confusion, the day of doubt. Imagine how the disciples felt when they saw the Messiah beaten. Actually, not just beaten, beaten beyond recognition. Crucified by the Romans. Taken and put in a tomb. The tomb is sealed. They're all going, what in the world happened? They're thinking, I can't believe, I can't believe this happened. They saw him do miracles. They saw him heal the sick for three and a half years. They walked with him. And their lives, at this point, they were confused. It was chaotic. They had to be talking, listen, we saw him heal the blind. We saw him raise the dead. 
We saw him walk on water. We saw him calm the storms and control the weather with his voice. We saw him do everything. If he created the universe, God could have done anything. He can, he can come down off that cross, and, it's in, and they're right. God could have come down off of the cross at any moment. But here's what we need to understand on this resurrection morning. It was not the nails that held him to the cross. It was his love for you that held him to the cross. It was his passion for you that held him to the cross. That's what he came to do. That's why he said, for, for this purpose I have come into the world. For this purpose. He was on a mission, and the mission was to pay for the sins of you and me and the world. But imagine the confusion. Here's a question. You don't have to raise your hands. You ever been in one of these days where you think, what in the world has happened? The day of chaos, day of confusion. And they're thinking, what in the world's happened? How, how has this happened? He's dead. He's in a grave. It's all over. Why did this happen? You're filled with grief. You're filled with loss. You're filled with questions, more questions than answers. You're filled with, with chaos, with doubt, with confusion. Just think about all the emotions they must have felt. On this Saturday, maybe they felt regret. If only we would have stopped Judas. Maybe they were thinking, you know, I knew something was up with Judas. I saw him talking to the high priest. I saw him brokering a deal, but I thought it was about something else. I should have done something. They started living in the shoulda, coulda, woulda world. That's what happens when you're in the day of chaos and confusion. You live in the shoulda, coulda, woulda. If only I would have this. If only I could have done this. Maybe I should have said that. Or maybe if, if I would have done this, then, then, then maybe, maybe they wouldn't have divorced me. Or if I would have done this, or maybe I, that my child wouldn't have left. Or maybe if I would have done this, I, I wouldn't be in the place I am now. Regardless, you can't change the past. But when you're in this day, you need somebody who can come and meet you. And that's what Jesus came to do. They had to have thoughts of failures. I won't ask for a raise of hands. Anyone here ever failed God? The disciples did. They walked away from Jesus. As soon as he was arrested, they got the heck out of Dodge. They left. They went AWOL. And they had to be thinking, we deserted him. We abandoned him. We left him. They're embarrassed Peter's probably replaying in his own mind where he, he, he told Jesus in front of the disciples, I'll never deny you. And the, and, the, and the night Jesus is arrested, he denies Jesus three times. They're filled with guilt, filled with woulda, coulda, shouldas, what ifs. And then, after all of that, and then there's fear. Oh my gosh. They killed Jesus. And if they kill Jesus, we're next. They're going to come after us. You ever been in the day of confusion and chaos where fear overwhelms you so much? Fear mixed in with, 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 uh, with regret. Fear mixed in with anxiety. Fear mixed in. And it's a day of confusion and chaos. Jesus has walked through those days. He understands. And this whole idea... Of when you're in a day of confusion and chaos, this is, this, is, this is really what happens. You're frozen. You can't make a decision. You don't know what to do. You don't know what's next. You're confused. We've all been there. Maybe you lose your job. Maybe change happens in your life. 
You get a health diagnosis. You lose a loved one. You're falsely accused. You go into a marriage that you you think is going to be the greatest thing on earth. And then the marriage falls apart. And then your identity is questioned. And you feel left and alone like you're standing all alone in an empty space saying, I don't know what's just happened. There are thousands of ways that can lead us to Saturdays, the days of doubt, the days of confusion. But this is what Jesus tells the disciples. He tells them. He he sets them up. He says, Matthew 26, this very night, this is before any of this happened, you will all fall away on account of me. For it is written, and he was quoting a prophecy from the Old Testament, I will strike the shepherd and the sheep of the flock will be scattered. He's talking about his disciples. They're going to be scattered The Bible says at this point when Jesus was arrested, all of the disciples abandoned him. Here's just a question for you today. Have you ever deserted God because of pain? Maybe you were praying for something and it didn't happen. It didn't happen and then you thought, well, forget it. Maybe you walked away from church. Maybe you were hurt. Maybe because, because you were abused. Maybe because a, a, a leader in a church was an idiot and you thought, I don't want anything to do with God. And you said, forget it, I'm in so much pain and God, if you love me, you wouldn't have let this happen. I think all of us have in some way done that. You need to know this. Jesus understands. And in our day of chaos and confusion, what do you do? Let me give you a point that can help you as Jesus modeled it. Is this. Don't forget God's promises. Don't forget them. This is the time when you want to abandon God's promises. You want to abandon the people God set around you. You need to remember the promises of God. Never doubt on the, on the, on, in the valley what God spoke to you on the mountaintop. Never doubt it. And many times you can walk through, through, these, through these times, and, and even in the days of confusion, you, you're thinking, I can't put one foot in front of the other. I can't get out of bed. I can't have a clear thought. I can't even eat. I can't even move. I I am stuck in confusion. Well, this is what Jesus tells us. He says, you need to hold on to my promises. When you're in this situation, don't forget God's promises in the Word of God. There's over 7,000 promises in the Word of God. He says, don't forget them in the midst of your pain. And how Jesus, Jesus actually gave them a promise before he went to the grave. This is what he said. He says, hey, in a little while, you will see me no more. And then after a little while, you will see me. <laughs> I will be alive. Jesus knew that they would be absolutely confused. Jesus knew they would be absolutely in chaos. And this is for some reason. Church has become this thing where you should never have any chaos, any doubt. You should every, always have everything in order. Your, everything should be perfect. And if it's not, you don't belong here. That's actually the exact opposite. 
If you don't have everything in order, then this is the place for you because you recognize you need a Savior. Amen? You recognize you can't do this alone. You recognize you were broken and empty. You recognize that without Jesus, you are nothing. Those who think they have it all together, they're the ones that have nothing. You who admit that you don't have it together and run to Jesus, you have everything. That's really what this whole resurrection day is about. I don't know what you're going through today, but Jesus made the answer available to you. A promise if you will trust him. No matter what you're walking through, because he endured these three days, you, he can meet you in the middle of your deepest, darkest moment. Isaiah 43 says this to you. Do not fear. Say that with me. Do not fear. Say it one more time. Do not fear. For I have redeemed you. I have summoned you by name. I love that. You are mine. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. When you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep over you. When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. The flames will not set you ablaze. For I am the Lord your God. Amen. That's your promise. Hold on to that. It doesn't, it doesn't say you won't walk through waters. It doesn't say you won't, you won't pass through rivers. It doesn't say you won't walk through the fiery trials of life. But what it does say is this, I will be with you for I am the Lord your God. That's why Jesus went to the cross. And then we come to Sunday. And Sunday is this. It's the day of victory and it's the day of life. It's the day that Jesus busted out of the grave. He rolled the stone away and he completed his work in all of us. So that as we put our trust in him, no matter what you walk through, Jesus will be with you. And here's the action point for us with, with this day of victory is this one. That in order for you to, to walk in peace in your most horrible day, in order for you to have, have an understanding and be able to be at rest in the most confusing, chaotic day of your life, it's this last one. The only way that you will find hope in hopelessness, if you will find peace and fear, that you can find wholeness in your brokenness, is this action point. You must put your trust in Jesus. That's it. You cannot do anything, my friends, to meet your deepest need in life. You need a Savior. You need salvation. This day of the victory of Jesus Christ seals the deal that if you put your trust in him through his son, Jesus Christ, you can walk in the reality of victory. Jesus has purchased for you no matter what kind of season, no matter what kind of day you're in. My friend, Jesus loves you and wants to meet you today. This is the reality in all of our souls. Without Christ, we are dead. We are defeated. We can do nothing on our own to rescue our own soul. Your life is empty. Your life is destined for hell. This is why Jesus came. This is why Jesus died. This is why he was buried. And this is why he rose from the dead. He took your place. That's why he rose. So that if you put your trust in him, you can now walk in his victory through your darkest day, through your most painful day. You can walk through victory when you are in the, in the deepest 
pit of chaos and confusion. You can walk in victory when everyone else around you is losing their minds as, as normally they would. But you can have peace But because you, you can say this, my God is with me. He understands. He's been through this. And he can either calm the storm or he can give me peace in the midst of the storm. Whatever his will is, I trust him. But he is my Savior. When your life turns the ash to ashes, when your life has fallen apart, when you're in a chronic problem, chronic pain, chronic state of conflict, here's the reality, you can't do anything about it. Jesus is the only answer. You can't do it without him or any other way. If you could, there would be no reason for a Savior. God wouldn't have sent his son to die the horrific death, face humiliation. He wouldn't have, he wouldn't have sent him, but he knew it was the only way. He did it for you. That's why Jesus said this, John chapter 11. He said, I am the resurrection and the life. He or she who believes in me, though he or she may die, he or she shall live. And whoever lives and believes in me <laughs> will never die. That's our promise. And that's what he says to us today. Your answer to hope, your answer to freedom, your answer to peace, your answer to victory, your answer to salvation, it's not a principle. It's not some book you can pick up off of Amazon. No, no, no. It is a person, and that person is Jesus Christ. You don't need a religion. You don't need a ritual. You don't need rules. You can never do enough. What you need is Jesus, and he's made the way. For no matter where you are, no matter how broken you are, no matter how difficult your days may be, no matter what you face. Maybe you don't know Jesus today. And he said, I've made a way for you to be saved. Maybe you do know Jesus and you're in one of these days. Maybe you're in a Friday or a Saturday and you just need to, him to reassure, I've got you. I've got you. Don't worry. I'm with you. My care is for you. My love is for you. Yes, but God, I'm not perfect. I've blown it. That's why I came, because I knew you couldn't be perfect. And he's with you today. That's what the resurrection of Jesus is about. He removed every obstacle, every roadblock that you put up yourself, that you were born into. He smashed them so that you could run to him, if you will, accept his son, Jesus Christ. If you will accept, and so many times, even after we walk with Jesus, we like create new rules that God never created. We think, oh, well, this, this, this is happening in my life because I didn't do this. Or because I, I, God's, God's judging me because of this. Or maybe I'm not reading my Bible enough. Or maybe I'm reading. Listen, listen. 
this whole journey with God has nothing to do with your works. If it was, you could boast about it. And let me tell you this, God doesn't share boasting. He gets all the praise. So he, he has given everything to you. And he just invites us to come to him. He made the way. He made the way. The question is, will you walk in that victory today? He invites you. We hope you enjoyed the message. If you'd like to watch a service live online, you can join us every Sunday at 9 and 1045 a.m. at live.faith.church. For everything else, check our website at www.faith.church.